You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Friday, April the 9th of 2021. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. The sponsor for the show today is Locker Room, and it fits because today's show is my part of my Locker Room discussion. Uh, download the Locker Room app and join me um, to get in on the action whenever I go live. Locker Room is changing the way we talk sports. Big time game last night from the St. Louis Cardinals yesterday evening. It's weird having an off day on a Friday, but nevertheless, we will persist and have a game tomorrow. So um, my Locker Room conversation went for about an hour yesterday, but don't fret. This will just be a 20-minute uh, excerpt of it, the beginning of it. Had some some good questions from you guys. Uh, I know Thomas Welch, host of Locked On Blues, hopped on a couple other of, of longtime listeners um, to the show. So I appreciate you hopping on, first time locker room uh, people. But I uh, appreciate you guys hopping on. The audio is a little bit spotty f- for me. Um, the, uh, I was doing it in my car after the, a little bit while after the game yesterday. So, um, but yeah, really exciting. Obviously, you know the big story was Nolan Arenado and uh, his big big time home run. I mean that was. Absolutely remarkable. So, um, yeah. So, just apologies for for the, for the audio it was coming through through my car, but um, but yeah. So the Cardinals don't play today, and I will I'll hop on one more time at the end of the conversation to wrap up the show. So it will not be an abrupt ending like usual. Um, but I do want to tell you about two shows that you should listen to before we get to the content. And one of those shows is Locked On Today. Uh, Peter Bukowski gives you all the news you need to know in under 20 minutes. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And the other one is Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Be a waiver wire winner by listening to this podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to lead wins. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So here is uh, just part of my locker room conversation. I'll hop on again um, for, for the ad reads and then at the end uh, to preview the rest of the series. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed just a part of my locker room conversation. Sorry, I thought Wainwright gutted through today. I mean, he was saved a little bit of defense and also hurt himself with a little bit of of an error that you don't usually see from him. And then Carlson as well in center field, allowing that, that other run to score. But, you know, I thought he looked a lot better today than he did in Cincinnati last Saturday. Um, bullpen. Oh, glad to see you're hanging with the girlfriend. Tell her I say hi. <laughs> um, I don't think it'll be a problem. I think that we, we've seen some bright spots. We, we, we've seen Gallegos look pretty good. We've seen um, Hicks look pretty good. Cabrera looked pretty good yesterday. Um, I think the, the the trouble spot for me right now is, is a guy like Ryan Helsley. I think he hasn't really had a good outing yet. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't able to watch his outing today, but it must have been scoreless since he didn't give up any runs after Wainwright. But I think that this bullpen, I mentioned about it a little bit on, my, on the podcast two days ago or yesterday that, and Ricky Horton also talked about this on the radio thing, radio um, broadcast, is that a good bullpen can really carry a team for a handful of weeks, especially because to me, to be honest with you, the, the starters have looked worse in the bullpen at times, especially when you look back to that Cincinnati series. But I think that with with how good Gallegos, Hicks, and Reyes have been, that can that can be contagious. Um, I, th- I think baseball is a big monkey see monkey do, and that they they can live off each other's energy, right? Um, and with this bullpen, I think that I've been very high on this bullpen for a very long time. Hello there, Caleb. 
I think that this bullpen can be an absolute strength of this team and an absolute strength of, you know, a, a defining factor of this team. Because, I mean, they've got a ton of guys within their bullpen right now that can be closers. You've got Hicks, you've got Reyes, you've got Gallegos. I think Cabrera can even fill that role if he's able to, to find some control. So I don't really see um, um, see it being a huge problem going further into the season. I think that um, the starting pitchers actually need to go deeper because, I mean, the deepest start so far has been Jack Flaherty just going six innings. Other than that, it's been Ponce went five, Wainwright went five today, um, Martinez went five but gave up four runs, and Gant um, struggled with control and went four. So I think that the bullpen is really, especially in that Miami series, I thought the bullpen pitched really well in the in the Marlins series and pitched really well today. Get a much-deserved day off tomorrow, which is a weird having a day off on a Friday. But, um, yeah, all good, Caleb. Uh, you, you can fire in the discussion and, and have a question. You can request to speak if you'd rather talk with me and whatever. Uh, Thomas um, had just asked about the, the bullpen, and I was just saying, if you guys are listeners to my podcast, you guys know how much I absolutely love the bullpen. And I think that this pitching staff can be legit. But but the big story today, obviously, was the R, not a home run. I mean, you, well, I was told Thomas a little bit ago, but you could not have written a better strip for Nolan Arenado. They hit that go-ahead home Not only did he hit a home run today, but it was a, it was a go-ahead home run in, in the bottom of the eighth inning. I mean, it was huge. And I can't think of a better opening day memory for me than that. I mean, you know, I'm only 21 years old, so there might be there are plenty of opening days that I wasn't a part of. Um, but to me, I don't know if you guys have any one thrown in the chat or whatever, but to me, this is one of the better opening day memories that, that I've witnessed in, in, a, in a while, um, is especially Bush home openers. I think that just for – with Arnaldo, because last year or two years ago in Goldsmith's first year, he hit 34 home runs. What's up, Javi? Uh, but you also had – you know, he struggled at times. You thought maybe the um, the, the big acquisition – Got to Goldschmidt a little bit, and he wasn't able to produce. But Arenado doesn't seem to be having any worries of pressure right now. I mean, he has done nothing but produce. I think he's hit every game that he's been in. He's got a – they played six-game hitting streak now. No, he had at least a four-game hitting streak um, with a home run over the weekend at Cincinnati and then today with a big bomb. So I think that Arenado has lived up to the hype right now, and that's been huge, I think. Um, no, Mr. Welch, I do not believe Carpenter is my two-hole batter. Um, to, to today he started for those of you who don't know Carpenter started at first base because Goldschmidt had some back tightness and they just wanted to be precautionary give him two days off with the off day tomorrow but here, here's the thing Carpenter's been hitting the ball a lot harder once the regular season started I get that um, also I just realized I'm going through my car so if you guys can't hear me as well let me know um, but um, Carpenter's been hitting the ball harder in the reg- once the regular season started I get that that's great but at the same time, th- there's no reason to me, I talked about this in my pod today, why Dylan Carlson is not batting fifth, fourth, or second. Even sixth is too far down the line for him. He's not getting any pitches to hit because there's nobody behind him protecting him. So Carpenter getting, hitting the ball hard, it, it, it's tough to see me to watch him struggle because he's been a Cardinal for a long time. He's had great moments. Um, but I just do, I just, Carpenter's not. Just, just not it at the second spot. Even if he's hitting the ball 100 miles an hour, if he's not getting hits, if he's not getting on base, he's not gonna not gonna cut it out. But Caleb, I thought that that catch by Carlson, as, as I see your question now, was a huge catch. I mean, it was a momentum changer. I remember in in that inning, he fell behind two and zero to Kane. Lena comes out to have a talk, and the fans, which I thought it was great to have the fans in the stands again. I think they they sold out of what they had. The 13,700 people, I think somewhere thereabouts, showed up, and it was. 
it, was, it got loud after Molina came to visit. Wainwright and got two strikes, and then you saw Kane. I, I, I thought Kane got all of it. I, I thought it was going out, and Carlson was able to, to run it down and make the catch, and that's a huge momentum boost. I'm a big proponent of saying that um, baseball as a whole, not only in-game, but it, it's a game of momentum, and that, that's a, that was a big momentum shift for, for St. Louis in St. Louis's favor. Now, they lost the momentum whenever they – failed to get the runner home from third with nobody out. And going back to Thomas's question, that's why Matt Carpenter's not a second-place hitter. I mean, of all people, to get the job done, Paul DeYoung did the one thing that inning that Carpenter and Arenado needed to do, and that was hit the ball to the freaking outfield. Carpenter struck out, Arenado popped up in his first at-bat, and then Paul DeYoung, with two outs, finally gets the ball in the outfield. So the momentum was lost immediately, but that, that catch by Carlson was incredible. And it was it's just up that he followed that up with the air. And I know that all the, the Bader lovers were like, oh, you miss Bader now, don't you, and all this stuff. And, you know, does Bader make that play and not let the ball get by him and not let the run score? Maybe. But I'm still taking Carlson's bat over Bader's bat right now. Um, I understand that Bader's hurt, so he's he's not really available. But I also think that, um, uh, that, that Carlson will provide a better option long term. So, um yeah, I love that catch in center field. And Cardinals have had a good defensive plays all around. You saw even Matt Carpenter made a diving stop in, in the second or third inning um, at first base, which we don't usually see Carpenter do. So I thought that this was a very well-played game from the Cardinals' standpoint. I thought that, you know, I talked a little bit before some of you guys hopped on about how good the bullpen was and things like that. More of the locker room conversation coming up here in just a moment, but I wanted to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, because even though football and college basketball are over, NBA, MLB, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for other news, scores, and odds that you need to know. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKED ON. Again, that is a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKED ON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Um, if you guys have any, any questions you guys want me to discuss or you want to hop on, we're free to request to speak or um, or just fire in the chat as Caleb fires. Another one. Um, not a fan of DeYoung. I'll, I'll get to Thomas. Um, I'll enter Caleb first because he came in first. But do you think he has some good merit batting where he is right now, Paul DeYoung? Long term, I do not think Paul DeYoung is a cleanup hitter. Even at, on his best day, um, I think Paul DeYoung just needs some consistency in, in his bat. Um, but I just think that right now, I, I, I told this in the offseason, Whoever hits behind Nolan Arenado, and right now since Arenado's batting third, whoever's batting fourth needs to be the hottest hitter at the plate. You can't have Nolan Arenado going up to the plate, in my mind, with little to no protection. And as much as I think Paul DeYoung is better than what he's showing right now, Paul DeYoung is providing little to no protection behind Nolan Arenado. Um, he had the one little squibber base hit on opening day, had two home runs, um, uh, two home runs uh, on Saturday, or I think it was Saturday, he had two home runs against Cincinnati as well. But I still think that um, Paul DeYoung is not a cleanup hitter right now. He's just not. And that begs the question, well, who do you put cleanup? If it were me, if you can get Carlson going, that that's not just hitting, you know, four for 19 with – or three for 19 with three home runs, then I go Carlson two, Goldie three, Arenado four. And that leads me to, to Thomas's question of is it all or nothing with Carlson or just too early to judge? 
I agree with, with Aaron also said too early to judge. I think that Carlson is going to be a guy that, that can hit the ball all, all over the park. I mean, it, it was weird to me to see him hit a home run right-handed because most of his at-bats have come from the left side of the plate uh, be, being a switch hitter. So it was, it was bizarre for me to see him at a home run right-handed like he did at Miami. Uh, was that Monday or Monday? I think it was when he hit, hit the home run down the left field line. So it was it was bizarre. But I think Carlson will be more than just a pure home run hitter. Uh, I think that he, he's got a lot of power. Don't get me wrong, but I think that once the season um, comes to end, I think he'll be more of a um, more of an all around hitter. He's going to hit a lot of doubles because uh, I don't think he I don't think he has enough power to be an all or nothing type hitter. He's got a lot of power, but he's got too many other speed, too many other um, weapons. At his um, at his disposal to be, to be an all power hitter, and I think sometimes that's where where Bader falls into trouble. That he tries to become an all power hitter when he's got too many tools to not. Um, and Thomas come in with another question about Colton Wong return. Um, I think that they double shifted it because it was such an emotional day for him. Um, it, it was it was emotional for me. I, I don't know what you mean by by, by double shift, um, but it, I mean for, for him to, to cry or to tear up at the bare minimum. Uh, and his first at bat. I don't know if you guys, you guys saw it or watched it live, but he was literally tearing up mid at bat when he took a four pitch walk to start the game. I mean that that was that that's tough. This is a guy that that I, in my opinion wanted to stay in St. Louis, wanted to to be a, a Cardinal lifer. Um, you know, financially it made the most sense for St. Louis. You could still make an argument that he's better than Tommy Edmond. I don't make that argument. I like. Um, I like Edmund a lot. I think he, he's he's going to be a, a guy at a long um, is going to man second base for a long time for St. Louis. But I, I just think that um, that it, it was tough to see Juan go, and like I said, he really wanted to stay, and it was emotional for him. I mean, like I said, you saw him literally crying. You don't usually see that from a, from an imposing player. And uh, he mentioned post game just how much this city means to him and his family. I think that he, he fell in love with St. Louis. I mean, think about where that guy went. He came. He was a rookie. His first. You know, Obviously, rookie his first year, but his first World Series, he gets picked off to end game four with the winning run at the plate to being a gold glover and a postseason hero just a couple of years later against the Giants. Um, so I just think that it, it was really – I mean, it was sad to see him go, um, and I thought that the ovation he got was really impressive. Uh, hey, Caleb, um, yeah, made you cheer so up. There, there might be a possibility. I, I wouldn't put too much stock in him coming back. I think, what did he sign? A two-year deal with a mutual year for a third option. He's already 30. I don't think he comes back. I think Edmund um, – oh, double switch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he probably does make that play because I thought the, the O'Neal play that tied at the second baseman kind of hesitated. But, um, yeah, I don't think Wong ever comes back just with, with a timeline of everything. But um, I wish him nothing but the best. I think he's a great fit in Milwaukee. I think he's going to do good things there. But um, I'm going to move back a little bit to, to Aaron Fackler's question about, am I worried about O'Neal yet? Yes and no. I, I was really high on O'Neal in spring training. He had an exceptional spring training, um, and he he hit the ball either way a lot, had some opposite field power, saw a lightning bolt of a home run on opening on original opening day against Cincinnati. Um, but I just think that, you know he needs to he needs to cut down the strikeouts. I think he's got like 14 strikeouts and 25 at bats at one point today. Um, and then that's you know I understand strikeouts are becoming more and more a part of this game today, but that that that's still too many strikeouts. Um, I, I am high on O'Neill. I think that he's got a lot of potential. 
I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it another week before I get too worried about it, Aaron. Uh, wh- what do you think? Are any of you guys super worried about O'Neill? I want to hear your thoughts too. And again, this is probably gonna be my show for for tomorrow, or at least parts of it will. So if you'd like to to speak, feel free to hit that speaker request button as well. I know um, you have some pretty good conversation if you'd like. But I think that O'Neill has the opportunity to, to figure it out because we we've seen spurts of it, right? Both in the regular season and in um, and in and in spring training. Uh, he's got he's got a ton of power. It was uncharacteristic of him to make two errors the other day against Miami. I mean, that was especially coming off a Gold Glove year. You don't usually see that <laughs> um, from a Gold Glover like, like him. So I did notice he, he was going no no high socks today, and he was usually going to go with the with the high sock look, and he did not today. So maybe maybe that gets him going. Maybe the little infield hit gets a little pressure on him. He's got to hit the scorebook. He's got a game tying RBI. Maybe that gets Tyler O'Neill going because this outfield, right field in particularly. Has, outside of Dylan Carlson, really has been quite abysmal, to be quite frank. And even you could argue Dylan Carlson has not been all that he has cut out to be because he only has four hits, three of them being home runs. And the one hit that wasn't um, was, was, was today. One more break in the locker room conversation to tell you about Bilt Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market. They have nut and non-nut flavors. You all know my favorite is cookies and cream. Other favorites of mine from the new flavors are apple almond crisp and cherry barcia. Some of my favorite of the 12 originals range from orange, double chocolate, mint, brownie, and banana bread. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're covered 100%. That's right, 100% in delicious chocolate. But they're still incredibly healthy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. And like I said, they taste incredibly delicious. Head over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. They get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15, LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Caleb saying that he, he thinks O'Neill's doing fine when he's on, he's really on. We'd like to see some more consistency. Consistency is definitely the name of the game for a lot of these Cardinal hitters. For, for Carlson, for DeYoung, for even a guy like Matt Carpenter who's been doing it a while. Consistency is the name of the game, especially for, in my opinion, um, DeYoung. I talk a lot about him having a make or break the year this year. But going back to the outfield, I mean, it took 17 at-bats for a Cardinal right fielder to get a hit. And it was by their starting second baseman, <laughs> Tommy Edmond, who just happened to be playing right field that day. So this outfield is 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 in a is in a difficult situation right now because you're you might have some some question marks on, on, in the outfield. You, you do have some question marks because as high as I am on O'Neill, I think that O'Neill can do great things. Like I just said, he needs to get more consistent at it. He needs to, and I, I think so. I think too that I don't know what you guys think. I tweeted this out the other day. I just feel like every borderline call when he's at the plate goes against Tyler O'Neill. I feel like if you just go back and look at his college strikeouts, you're going to see a lot of borderline pitches that went pitcher's way. I feel like he always gets the short end of the stick. I don't know if that's just me being optimistic and trying to give him the benefit of the doubt or if it's an actual thing. I don't know. I just think that he gets unlucky a lot, and he hits the ball hard when he hits it. And when he connects with it in the air, they tend to go a long way. Um, so I, I think that he'll figure it out. And like I said, maybe this little squib hit – uh, today in the in the seventh inning to tie the game, get them going. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but this, this outfield might might need some not, not, might need a jolt from somewhere. Um, as Caleb comes in with the question, what is the best future plan for the Cardinal outfield? Um, I don't know what the plans are. I think that they they want to give the 
um, give the young guys some, some opportunities. I mean, this is why they traded away Dustin, or not Dustin, Dexter Fowler. They wanted to get these guys up opportunities. They wanted to give him give them reps. I don't think, as much as I want John Nagowski to to get playing time, because I, mean, I know he got hit in the hand yesterday, but it makes no sense to me why you bring up John Nagowski, who deserved to get in the starting lineup, or to deserve to get on the roster, excuse me, only to not have him start in the in the right in the in the outfield. Um, but I, I think that. Whoever is it going to be, somebody needs to step up because the Cardinals aren't going to win a playoff series if their outfield keeps looking like this and or if they hit like they did last year, which was well below league average. So I think that the plan right now is to see which young outfielders are going to stick. I mean, at this point, I think even Tyler O'Neill is on the block. Not that they're actively shopping him around by any stretch of the imagination, but that he might be, you know, the next, he might, he might be still be an option as to like, okay, you haven't really solidified yourself as a future outfield candidate. What you got for us? But I think Carlson is probably the one guy that's like, he, unless he abysmally struggles this year, Carlson is going to be the outfielder for the future. Aaron just mentioned in the chat that he likes trading for, for Gallo. There, there's been a lot of talk about that. There, there, you know, Gallo seems to be a, a big fit. Another guy that, that I have conversations with on Instagram likes Michael Conforto. I know Michael Conforto was in the news today a lot. I don't know if you guys saw it. I know Javi, our Locked on MLB chat, blew up about it. Um, but with Michael Conforto kind of sticking his elbow out today and getting hit by a pitch, and that caused the, the winning run to score, and the umpire missed it. He was literally going into a strike-free call and then left uh, because he said, nope, he got hit, even though he pretty clearly leaned into a pitch. But that's another guy that um, – that the uh, people have talked about maybe the Cardinals going after. And again, I'm not trying to get any scoops right now. I don't think that anybody, you know, there's no move in, 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 imminent right now, but the, the Cardinal outfield definitely might, might need, need a boost. And I think either one of those guys are good options. Joey Gallo might be the better option just in sense of it, it's going to be more realistic to get a trade done with Texas, who are probably going to be sellers at the deadline, all things considered. Uh, I know our host of Locked On Rangers, Bryce, is going to have a tough year covering that team just because it, it, there's not a lot of excitement outside of Joey Gallo. But th this outfield, whoever's, whoever it's going to be, whatever young guy is going to step up outside of Dylan Carlson. And I know Dylan Carlson hasn't lit the world on fire this year so far after six games, mind you, six games. Um, but wh whoever it's going to be needs to step up quick because this outfield can't go on much longer with, with, with where they're going. Um, Cause the, they they just strike out a lot. But I think that this infield could be something really special, especially if Paul DeYoung gets going. Because uh, right now I think Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Edmund are all hitting the ball pretty well uh, for the most part. And even Yachty, the old ageless wonder Yachty Molina is hitting the ball pretty well. Um, and if Paul DeYoung gets going, and that's four guys in your lineup that, that are heating up and all in the infield spots that are all playing good defense as well, holy moly, that's going to be fun. And, you know, this division, like I've talked about a lot, is, is a weaker division. And I know that Jeff Carr, host of Locked on Reds, is super excited about how the Reds are playing. And, and I would be too. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think that the Cincinnati Reds are as good as they are right now. I like the Reds. I think that they have a good offense. But I don't think that they're going to win this division. I think that the Brewers are the biggest threat to St. Louis right now, I really, long term. Right now it's probably Cincinnati. But long term, I think that um, – the, the Cardinals' biggest threat is going to be Milwaukee. 
So thanks for tuning in to the Locker Room Conversation. I just want to hop on here real quick at the end, another live edition of it, to uh, talk about the rest of the series because I thought that the Cardinals would lose yesterday and then win tomorrow and Sunday. But now they, they have a good chance to, to win the series here. Um, with Carlos Martinez on the mound today, or tomorrow rather, hoping they, they can get the job done there. And then Daniel Ponce de Leon, who pitched really well um, in, his, in his first, not really well, he pitched, he pitched well, I'll say, in his first start. Um, Cardinals facing against, Facing up against uh, Adrian Hauser and Brett Anderson um, in, in tomorrow and Sunday starts both of them at one fifteen um, start time. I think I don't I don't really know you know I'm not going to be bold today. I'm just going to say I think the Cardinals split one of the next two games because uh, there's still glaring holes in the offense. And again, we're, we're only six games in here, people. Um, seven, maybe not, but seven games in. Offense does have problems. Dylan Carlson needs to be hitting higher in the order. Carpenter is hitting the ball harder, so not giving up on him yet, but don't think he's a long-term option. Let's let the, let's let the season play out just a little bit longer. We'll see how it goes. Um, but there are definitely some, some things that I'm keeping my eye on in terms of possible problems of the Cardinal offense, and um, you could argue that there are plenty of problems in this, in this offense. But like I said, Still early, early, early in the season. We shall see how things play out. But uh, I'll be unable to tweet um, tomorrow's game, but I'll be tweeting and wa- I'll be still watching. Just unable to tweet tomorrow. And I'll be watching Sunday's game as well and have an episode out for you guys on Monday. That is all I got for you guys today. So until I talk to you again, before I do that, actually, be sure to follow me on Twitter, LJ Fastball. The followers have been going up as well as the interaction. So much, much appreciated. Um, email me at lockedoncards at gmail.com. Maybe email me your reaction to the Arenado home run because of how exciting that was. Um, and uh, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, LO underscore Cardinals. Again, the locker room discussion that was posted today was not the entirety of it. So there were a couple points that we didn't get to in that discussion, but I couldn't post a whole hour on here. Um, still, nevertheless, hope you guys enjoyed. So until I talk to you guys next time, stay safe, stay well, and have a great day.